0: 5th, 2018. Are you going to remember where you were, JT, on that momentous evening for the Nashville Predators winning the Central, winning the Western Conference, and also clinching the President Trophy? I mean, that's huge. It was against your capitals. I'm sorry you guys were in the war path. Of the national predators but hey all i know is i was there on april 5th 2018 to watch that momentous occasion happen on tv
1: well your predators congratulations for being the presence cup trophy champions thank you as a caps fan i'm glad you guys have it because we don't want it (laughs) but uh i wish you best of luck and Hopefully, you'll break the curse like the Blackhawks did in 2012-2013 season. Yeah. You know, really, that was a 2013 because we didn't have the 2012 part. True. of the lockout. True. But I uh, wish you good luck and hope you guys go back to the final and win it.
0: I believe I Just saw... Just watch st-
1: out for Sidney Crosby. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'll watch out for him. I believe that there was a stat online and said in the past 19 years of the present trophy winners, 29% of those teams actually went on to win the Stanley Cup as well. Even though it looks like we've had a drought of President's Trophy winners not reaching the finals and not winning the Stanley Cup, that's still pretty good odds. So I'm very, very excited to see what happens with the National Predators. We'll talk more about that in our hockey segment. I just want to start the show off because I'm still very gleeful as to what occurred last night in Washington on Alex Ovechkin night, essentially. And we'll talk more about that once again in the hockey segment. So Welcome to the show. I'm very, very happy still. I'm going to be very happy for a while, actually. Unless we lose in like the first or second round.
1: Hey, don't jinx yourself.
0: I'm not going to jinx our, No, I'm knocking on wood right now. <laughs> the wood is here. I'm knocking on it, and we're good. So, JT's here with me once again. He is looking very stylish tonight. I'm telling you.
1: Always do, Dylan. Always do.
0: Wearing a three piece suit minus the jacket.
1: Well my yeah, minus the jacket.
0: See? It's See? too hot
1: to wear that jacket right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a scorcher out there. <laughs> it's crazy to think that just only a few days ago it, it was, was Easter. it was cool outside. It was it was freezing for most Floridians. Now it's hitting the mid eighties. So it's beautiful weather outside and I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to be anywhere else besides right here in Orlando.
1: Well, considering that it's so cold in some places and snowing in some parts, I would agree with you on that, Dylan.
0: Yes. Snow, it should be out of here by now. It's springtime. The bunnies are hopping. The birds are chirping. Like, come on, get out of here, snow. You jerk. Jack Frost (laughs) making everything cold. Anyway, so let's move on to some sports news. A lot happened this past week that we need to talk about. First of all, some big news in the NFL. Huge news, even bigger than free agency. The Tennessee Titans unveiled their brand new jerseys on April 4th, and there have been mixed emotions, needless to say. Don't you agree?
1: I agree, Dylan. The biggest thing that, like I mentioned, we talked about this earlier before we went on the air, it's going to take us some time to get used to. Man, the Titans... I think when they moved from Houston when they were the Oilers to Memphis and then Nashville, they kind of the jerseys in the past they've always worn they've always kind of kept the colors of the original Houston Oilers and then more recently they've kind of gone to the dark Titans colors the dark blue one and the sky blue on the shoulders the white jerseys with the sky blue on the trim and for a while there was one year we had like the baby blue like this and then we had the dark blue on the top. But the Titans, and I, I like the white helmet. That was really cool.
0: Yeah, the white helmet was great. You know, made
1: a stand out, because not many teams had it. Only us, the Jets, the Cardinals. There's one team on top of my head I can't think of right now that wears white helmets. Oh, the Dolphins. Yeah. But when they announced, was, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't remember what day it was. I think it, it was one the 4th, so but, it was on oh, Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. Mm-hmm. So when they announced on the press they were going to do jerseys, we were kind of getting excited. Okay, hopefully not overdo it. But when they we saw those jerseys, the first thing that threw me off to them was the blue helmet. I'm like, the blue helmet?
0: The navy blue helmet is kind of interesting. Are we the Toronto Orgonauts? Sorry, Toronto fans. <laughs> I'm not trying
1: to bash your team. I'm just, when I first saw the helmets and, and the jerseys, that's the first thing I thought of, the Toronto Orgonauts. Like, we're starting to copy the, like, you know, remember when the Buffalo Bills, before they went to their more original look, they had like those kind of CFL, like Montreal Alouette. Yeah, looking jerseys, yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought we were kind of doing the same thing.
0: It's interesting because you think of Tennessee in the middle of the summer, in August, September. I mean, it's going to get really hot in Tennessee. Humid. Just humid and hot and just gross outside. So, you have this dark navy blue helmet on. The sun's going to be beating down on it the entire game because we always have afternoon games. We never really have night games. So, it's going to be really interesting being a player. I, I... I have to think you're gonna get really, really hot in that in that uniform.
1: Not just the uniform, Dylan, but when the jerseys came out. Remember the leak came out a few days ago before the. Well, White it came out a day before, and we were thinking because at first when I I could have sworn when I saw that jersey the it had the stars on the sides. Yeah. So I, like the Titan stars on on that surround the, the tee. and I was thinking, are we trying to copy the Dallas Cowboys or something with the stars on the sides? But when the jerseys actually came out, they didn't have the red star on there. They had the Nike logo. The Nike that's logo and then in the red. stars
0: inside, inside of the, of the neck. Inside the neck,
1: yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, though. Even though that's kind of more of a soccer thing. Usually, a lot of soccer teams do that. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. So, the blue one, I'm not feeling so much. But the alternate jersey, that's the Titans colors, that's what they're calling it. That doesn't look too bad. It looks pretty good. I like that one. The light blue? And the white. Yeah, the light one.
0: The light blue called is called really, They're it the
1: really Titans nice. Crush, which I'm assuming they're going to probably wear that on Thursday Night Football. Or the course.
0: Color Rush. Yeah, the Color, yeah, rush, the color jersey. rush jersey. the Color
1: Rush jersey. Titan Rush. Then, uh, it's close. It's close. The white jerseys aren't too bad either. Those, th- those look pretty good. Those aren't too bad. They
0: look good. The one thing that threw me off was the font. The font of the yeah, of they, the numbers they look, look like, way well, too much like Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man. Yeah, way too much like the Tampa Arr, Bay Buccaneers. It's like what? <laughs> it's really strange. I mean, I I do get it. That is sharp edges. It looks kind of like a gladiator sword. I guess they're kind of going to. Mm-hmm. And also speaking of a sword, they do have the shoulder bl- the shoulder pads as silver swords. Um, that stick out, which is really, really cool. Um, It's a great detail on the jersey. So that's one of the coolest things about it. The stars inside the neck is really cool. It kind of reminds me of the Piano Keys in the National Predators jersey inside the neck, which is really cool. Um, There's not really a nod to Tennessee besides the stars. I mean, that's really the only nod we have to Tennessee. But Titan-wise, I mean, we have the Titans logo right above the numbers on the chest. We have, I mean, the jagged edges on the numbers and that's about it so I mean I don't know it, it has to grow on me I, I do like the light blue one after examining the light blue jersey I love the light blue jersey it looks fantastic the white one's good it, it, it is more of our way like like our way jersey from last year I mean it's not much different from our way jersey but the dark navy blue it looks kind of strange especially with the navy blue helmet it's just way too much navy blue to me. It, I don't know. It, it just... I, I don't get it. But with the navy blue and the baby blue, that's a really weird color clash as well. I just don't... I don't like that combination either.
1: Well, Dylan, we should probably reach out to your friend, Amy Wells, the host of the Official Titans Podcast. We
0: could. We can give her some, She can give us some more insight onto the jersey. But I, again, originally, I didn't really care for the jerseys. However, they are growing on me now. The font is the thing that still... I'm still kind of skeptical about. I don't really like the font, but other than that, the colors are okay. I feel like we're designers now. We should just be, you know, costume designers for a Broadway musical. It just sounds really strange hearing these middle-aged men um, between the ages of like, you know, 25 and 50 talking about the style of an NFL jersey. And how it doesn't look good, and the oh, the colors are not contrasting correctly. It just sounds really strange to me. But
1: well, Dylan, I mean, our like I said, the jerseys aren't bad. Like I said, it could be worse. Look at down south here, the Jackson or for us up north, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, when they had the 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 helmet with the black and gold The gradient fade I'm of like, the gold. Yeah, what or what's another team? The Miami Dolphins down south from us when they had those orange crush jerseys. On Monday Night Football, I wasn't really feeling that. Color Rush. I know, I know, but I'm just not a big fan of that.
0: (laughs) It's Orange Crush. I can kind of see what you're talking about there. Yeah, Color Rush. It
1: could be worse. I mean, the New York Islanders, when they used to have the, for one season, that Gordon Fisherman logo as their primary logo. I don't get it. It could have been worse.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I do like them. Overall, I do like the jerseys. I think it's a nice contrast to what we had last year, and hopefully these new jerseys will cause a stir in Nashville and hopefully propel us further into the playoffs next year and hopefully contend for the Lombardi trophy
1: definitely Dylan all right let's move on and talk about the New England Patriots because they're in the news as always as they made a trade they traded their wide receiver Brandon Cooks to the LA Rams so Dylan what are your thoughts on that because initially there was speculation when this news was announced was oh the Patriots they're getting rid of Brandon Cooks because that's who the Rams really wanted Instead of Odell Beckham, now the Patriots are going to make a run at Odell Beckham. But Bill Belichick says not so fast.
0: So I think that with – they're getting leverage in the draft. They're getting another draft pick at number, uh, in the first round. So they have two first-round draft picks now. They also got an additional fourth-round draft pick, I believe, from the Rams when this trade. So it's a good trade. I think it is. I mean, Brandon is great, yes, don't get me wrong. If he was in the championship game last year, do I think they could have they could have won the game because of Brandon Cooks' depth at wide receiver? Yes, I do believe they could because they, he is the the deep threat in that offense. However, I mean, we know Bill Belichick. He can turn a rock into a diamond very very quickly. And so I think that he can do whatever he wants when it comes to wide receiver and still have a successful team. That defense they have in in New England now, it's nothing to go- it's nothing to just, you know, brush off anymore. That's a really really good defense in in with the Patriots. Matt Patricia left a good legacy there. So they have some really good players on defense. They just need to bulk up the offense and I think they'll be able to do that in the draft and also in free agency too. We'll see probably see some players going over to New England pretty soon wide receiver-wise, and I don't know what names to look forward to. Um, Like you talked about, Odell Beckham Jr. is still kind of... His name's kind of out there still. The Rams aren't going to be getting Odell Beckham Jr. anytime soon because they just got Brandon Cooks. so maybe New England looks at Odell, but, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: All right, Dylan. So there was also speculation that once the trade happened that they were also considering trading Rob Gronkowski, the tight end. And... I think it was a difficult decision for the Patriots because first they said they were at least considering it and then Ian on NFL. on NFL.com reported earlier this week saying the trade's not happening. No way. Now, I think what the Patriots were looking at was, look, we've already won a Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski. So do we really need him? when well, we've already proven we can win without him. We're paying him a lot of money, but he can't stay healthy. But when he is healthy, he is the top one of the top tight ends of the league.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, he's been one of the top targets for Tom Brady over the past few seasons, in the regular season and off season. So you look at Rob Gronkowski, and there was actually an additional report after Ian Rappaport saying there was no trade going to be happening, that another source said there is going to be a trade happening within the next few weeks, and this was after Brandon Cooks got traded. So... We see Rob Gronkowski, he's kind of in limbo now. Uh, His fate with the Patriots is up in the air. Do I see him going to another team? Potentially, yes. I think that there are some teams out there that could use his services. Kind of like with, you know, they were trying to get Jimmy Graham back in New Orleans. Imagine Rob Gronkowski in that New Orleans Orleans offense is coming up season. Imagine Drew Brees having that key piece on his offensive team to throw the ball to I think that that would be a, a match made in heaven for Sean Payton and Drew Brees in, in New Orleans so I, w- I would not be surprised if they would be one of the suitors for Rob Gronkowski if he does get traded but we'll just have to see if that comes to fruition before the season starts and before the draft even comes up it might happen before the draft so who knows I think that it's a very interesting interesting situation there in New England and it's something to keep an eye on
1: definitely Dylan well One thing I will definitely keep my eye on now, now that this actually happened, this news broke yesterday, or actually two days ago. RG3, after being out nowhere for a season, he is now apparently back with the Baltimore Ravens. Where did he come from? Where did he come from? Dylan, you know what's funny was, when they made this announcement, Twitter was losing their minds.
0: The last time we talked about RG3, when was the last time he was brought up on an ESPN broadcast? When was the last time Fox Sports talked about RG3 the on the broadcast? The last
1: time I at least believe that they talked about RG3 was, because remember, the Cleveland Browns, because that's the last team he was with, he's the only quarterback within the last few years that's gotten the Browns a win. He's Which the is only incredible. One.
0: That's a great resume for him. <laughs> I'm telling you, he because he's the only one that can do win,
1: it. Because Cleveland didn't win any games last season, so... Um, for me personally, I mean, honestly, I'm awesome. i happy for RG three. I went to, he went me and him went to the same high school. We were in the same track team. So I know him very personally and wish him the best of luck and hope oh, it yeah. works out for him. But RG three, you know, he's at least he's healthy because he didn't play nowhere last year. And the Ravens Dylan, they're taking a huge risk. Because but let's face it, Joe Flacco, he didn't dominate last season. They don't know if he's gonna be able to stay healthy. So at least he's going to be a backup. And they need an option of, you know, mobile quarterback that can move the offense around. Because the Ravens really struggled with that last year in the AFC North. And when you got teams like the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, there's a reason, Dylan, why I call it the black and blue division. Joe Flacco's going to get beat up. And he's getting older. He ain't getting younger.
0: Yeah, he's not getting younger. But you look at it as a bargaining chip. It, what if RG3 comes in and has a really, really good preseason? If he plays in relief of Joe Flacco for... Game three and four of the preseason, and he lights it up. You know what? That's a really good thing for the Baltimore Ravens, because then they either, A, have a really, really good backup for Joe Flacco, or B, they can get a trade, They can get some trade value from RG3 if they decide to do so.
1: No, you're so, right, Dylan, because he's only on a one-year contract. So for me, I'm RG3. You just kind of take it as an audition. Do the best a, you can. It's a smart and move. look, if you do really great, another team's going to pick you, because we know teams need quarterbacks you're
0: paying a very, very small fraction of what a quarterback usually gets paid in a regular season. So they're only paying him a million dollars. And that's based on bonuses and all that kind of stuff too. It's not all fully guaranteed. So if RG3 does well, this is a huge win for the Baltimore Ravens. If he doesn't, it's chump change to them. They don't care. They can just give him to somebody else or trade him, possibly get a, a, a late round pick in the draft for next season and go from there so you know I think it's all a win-win situation for the Ravens I really think it is and it's a win-win situation for RG3 too this is a good chance for him to be on the stage of the NFL and show that he can actually still play with the big boys in the big league so I think the NFL is a great place for him right now
1: well speaking of comebacks Dylan another quarterback who we talked about last week who's trying to make a comeback Johnny Manziel, he makes his debut in the Spring League, which starts tomorrow, which is like an eight-game uh, season, and you're going to have scouts go out there and see him play. So I know he's been doing very well in his pro days and everything. So Johnny Manziel, how you do you think he's going to do? you think he's going to get scouts or may get it on a practice squad somewhere?
0: I, I really think he'll have an opportunity soon. I, I think that we talked about this a few weeks ago, how who was going to get a a contract first, Colin Kaepernick or Johnny Menzel. I really think Johnny has a really, really good chance of getting on a team somewhere. Someone will give him an opportunity. He is a Heisman Trophy winner from 2012. He's only two years removed from the NFL. I think that he has a really good shot of getting on a team, getting on a practice squad or something, being a backup, being a third string quarterback. I don't think he cares where he is on the depth chart. As long as he's on an NFL team, he'll be happy. So if this doesn't work out, guess what? The CFL doesn't start with practices and everything until June or July. So he has time to gauge if teams have interest in him. And if they do, great. If they don't, well, guess what? He can go to the CFL very, very easily. He's actually started negotiating with a the team there in the CFL. The team kind of fell back on the negotiations. And so he decided, I'm going to put that on hold for now. So um, once they came back with it to him with an offer, they said, unfortunately, we're not going to meet, you know, we're not going to meet Uh, an agreement here. So I'm going to try to go to the NFL. This spring league is awesome. He's actually in the South team They're They're North, South, East and West. He's on the South team. He was on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week, talking about how good of an experience he's having. He's having a great time with the guys. It's similar to an NFL setup in the sense that they still have uh, meetings. They still have practices, all that kind of stuff. Um, It's a little bit different from the NFL, but it's still quite the same. So it sounds like he's doing the right things to get in the spotlight once again. I think that Johnny Football will re- return to football very, very soon. It's just a matter of when at this
1: point. We will have to wait and see on that. But Out of Bounds Podcast, we got you covered, guys. All right. So let's move on to some basketball news. As Dylan, we had two big college basketball games that happened. Of course, last week we did a little preview on the Final Four. And the Final Four, the championship for the men... We have Villanova against Michigan. Now, unfortunately, I had to work at Under Armour, so I didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot of the game. But I did catch the uh, not the end, but the highlights when I got home. So what was surprising, Dylan, was Michigan was in the game for like the first towards the, towards the first part of the first half, and then Villanova just was like a different team in the second half. They dominated. Dante DeVincenzo just went off like, it, all over the place. It looked like a Bill
0: Belichick-led team. Because they had some adjustments in the locker room during halftime. And when they came back on the court, they were just lighting it up. They won the game by, what, 16 points, 17 points, something like that. So double digits. They won every single game they played in the March Madness tournament by double digits, which is phenomenal for a team. The coach of of Villanova actually came out at the beginning of the season and said, you know what, this is a team that will win a national championship. And guess what they did? They went out there, they played against Michigan, a very, very good team on the other side, mind you, and won the game handedly, handedly. It, it was, there was no competition. I, I watched it with like five five minutes left in the game. Michigan had no chance. No chance, the five minutes in the game. It, it was a very dominant performance by them. I, I really see that team going into the tournament next year and being a very, very strong favorite again. Because they are just such a good, solid team. And their coaching there is phenomenal. It's actually... I mean, they're a very, very good team. They could be a dynasty team uh, very, very quickly.
1: No, I agree, Dylan. Uh, what's crazy with Villanova is their bench and their players. Like, each round they made it, they had different players stepped up to get them t- to this point. And Dante DiVincenzo, he didn't start off well. But once he picked it up, he, he was just on fire. And he... I think he had, well, what, 31 points? I think he had that game. Yeah. So, and Michigan just couldn't stop him. He just kept Every stroking it from the, the three-point line. He was he like Steph kept... Curry. <laughs> dropping threes <laughs> in his sleep, man. I yeah. Mean, I was like, yeah. this is amazing. So, and Villanova, remember, Dylan, this is the this is the second time in three years now they won a championship. So, and Michigan, I mean, they got no disappointments. They went as far as they could. They had a long win streak, came up short, to a better team. And at least for them, they don't they weren't, Everyone wasn't crying like the Michael Jordan crying emoji a couple years ago (laughs) all over the face. So they don't have to worry about that. But I think Michigan, they'll be okay next year. Speaking of teams, uh, Notre Dame, the women's team, in the women's Final Four in Columbus, man, that was a crazy game, Dylan. Notre Dame beating UConn again. And actually, no, UConn lost to Mississippi State last year. I'm sorry. But Notre Dame beats UConn, so UConn lost again in the national semifinal championship round. And then, of course, Notre Dame goes on to win against Mississippi State in the championship game. So, Notre Dame, congrats to the ladies there. And Arike Ogumoewale, wow, she she was amazing, getting those two game-winning shots at the end. So, congrats to the ladies of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame.
0: And it's incredible in that game, the second quarter of that game, Mississippi State held Notre Dame to three points three points in that game and they came back in the second half again they just scored at least 20 points per quarter
1: it was a really good game day, dylan and mississippi state you know they the defending champions they're trying to defend their title and it just went back and forth it was, it was an amazing game so i mean the women's final four they, they stepped up to it where the men's you know even though they had a great one with loyola of chicago that was a great run for those guys and they came out short and then, of course, the men's final four was basically a blowout, with 12-point lead, But, man. If you basketball. like
0: close games, if you like watching a game that doesn't have your team involved, then this was the game for you. This Definitely. was a very, very close game the entire game. Shepard uh, from, uh, from Notre Dame scored 19 points. Ogunbowale scored 18 points in that game. Just phenomenal performances from both of those players. They led their teams in scoring. Um and I think it's just a it was a great, great game for them. Um a great finish, too. A fantastic finish by Angumbawale hitting the uh, game winning three, which we'll talk about later in your winners and losers. But just yeah, an incredible back and forth game, and um it was it was great T V.
1: Definitely Dylan. Well, a team that Close to our hearts here in Orlando. The Orlando Magic, well, they were on a winning streak until today. <laughs> <laughs> the Magic were on a two-game winning streak. They beat the Knicks on Tuesday, 97-73. to And then the Magic beat the Dallas Mavericks on Wednesday night, 105-100. to And then unfortunately today, Dylan, against the New Orleans Hornets, we got the Doors blow up at home, 137-100. to Charlotte Hornets. I said, new, oh, Orleans. You sorry. said New
0: Orleans. You were thinking about the Falcons. It's fine. It's fine. Charlotte. My bad. My bad Charlotte. Charlotte by
1: 37 points. Yes. What happened? Jeez. So that was crazy. So the Magic, they, two game win streak went to a close, but the Magic, the season's almost over. They're just getting ready for next year. There's already been talk, Dylan, that the, the Magic might fire their coach, Frank Vogel. He might be gone after, before the season's over.
0: Which, I mean, at this
1: point, does that surprise you? No, but... They need a new coach. I'm kind of like the Magic. We went through this. We had Jacques Vaughn. We had another coach before that. I mean, the Magic... I know we're not like a, a sexy market like L.A. or something, but can you get like an upcoming or like a, a college coach? We could... I know there was a time we could have got Billy Donovan, but he left after like, what, one day? And yeah, he went yeah. To Florida. That would have been a natural pick, but and now he's at Oklahoma City with the Thunder. But, uh, you know, I don't know what else the Atlanta Magic can do, Dylan. It's just every year they... They can't get players. They draft the wrong type of players, and then they trade their best player, like Serge Ibaka, a couple of years ago. And now we just we just can't win. So we'll see.
0: Well, like you said, again, this market is not a sexy market for NBA,
1: not compared to Miami. It's really South. not. You, you
0: look at Miami. You look at Los Angeles. You look at Oklahoma City. Now, I mean, with with Westbrook there, Houston. I mean, Houston's a huge market. San Antonio's a huge market. New York, even the Knicks are a better market than Orlando. So the
1: Knicks are terrible.
0: I know, but still, people love to play in New York. They, they, they I, I don't know what it is about. <laughs> they just love to play for New York. New York Knicks and Brooklyn Brooklyn uh, Nets, like what? <laughs> Two of the worst teams in well, NBA. Knicks
1: are right now busy trying to recruit LeBron James. They're putting ads up there saying, "Prove you're the real king of New York."
0: Okay, okay, wow. okay. <laughs> Knicks, calm down. He's not going to New York. I can, I can promise you that. LeBron James is not going to New York.
1: All right, Dylan. Well, speaking of New York, just up the road from New York, Boston, home of the Boston Celtics, uh, Kyrie Irving oh, I knew goes this was down happen. with an injury, man. And Awful. Man, I mean, first Braden Hayward early in the season, first game, and now... Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Can't get my names right today. <laughs> it's and now Kyrie Irving. So, he's out for the season. So he'll be ready for training camp next year. But Celtics, this is a huge blow, Dylan. A lot of people thought they were going to go to the finals.
0: Yeah, well, without now Kyrie, they're not... Toronto and Cleveland. Yeah, are they even going to make it out of the first round? That's the real question. Yeah, without Kyrie question, Irving, man. I don't think they can do it. I really don't think they can do it. Kyrie was the, the glue for the Boston Celtics this season. And without him playing, I mean, it's going to be really tough for them in the first yeah, round. Yeah, they
1: could play the Wizards in the first round, Dylan. So, it's not... John Wall, oh man, he's, yeah, not looking a field good field day against that Celtics defense.
0: Not looking good. It might look really, really good for the Washington Wizards. Uh, let's move on to some NHL news and some hockey news. So let's go to the college Final Four first, or the Frozen Four in Minnesota. Notre Dame and Minnesota Duluth actually head to the championship game. And um, that's going to be a really good matchup, I think. Uh, we have Minnesota Duluth. They are the Cinderella team of this tournament.
1: They're the runners-up. They made it to the final last year.
0: Yeah, but I mean, still, they this tournament, they were actually ranked, what, third in their division? So, I mean, they're actually one of the Cinderella teams. Notre Dame was ranked second going into this tournament in their division, so it, it's a good matchup as of right now. I, I think that Minnesota Duluth will continue their Cinderella story and actually win this year against Notre Dame. That's just my prediction. But, JT, what do you think about this tournament?
1: Well, Minnesota Duluth, they went on a great one, Dylan. They barely made it in the tournament in the tournament after losing in the NCHS semifinals. And Dylan, this team is very young. They got like 10 freshmen. And they got some uh, key players in this team. Uh, Scott Pernovich, the defenseman. They got Riley Tooth, the left-wing sophomore, uh, who's getting a prospect look for the the Dallas Stars. And you got Joey Anderson, the right-wing, who is a skilled defender. And the New Jersey Devils, they're looking at him to pick him up when he's eligible to go to the draft. So the Minnesota Duluth, Dylan... They got a lot of good players on the team. You know, So it's state of hockey. They're oh, always yeah. gonna have good oh, players. Yeah. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how they do. But Notre Dame, going as far as they have, they've done pretty well too. Notre Dame's got a lot of good players. Cal Morris, their goalkeeper, he has a point nine four five save percentage and a one point nine one goals against average. So he's done very well. He's looking up by the, getting looked at by the Los Angeles Kings. You know, if John the quick leaves, they're gonna probably draft him. So He's going to be a groom and goalie for them down in the future. You got Jack Evans. Or I'm sorry, Jack Jake Evans, the center. He's a senior. He's going to be looked at by the Montreal Canadiens. And you got Jordan Gross, the defender, uh, senior, who's going to be looked at by an NHL team down the road too. So, you know, a lot of good prospects that the NHL is definitely paying attention to because the championship game will be tomorrow night. And you, in you look Minnesota. at Notre
0: Dame. You look at Notre Dame too. Notre Dame has actually scored ten goals in this tournament, which is very good offensive numbers for this tournament, it looks like, and so Minnesota Duluth, they're not really scoring that many goals, but they're doing just enough to win, and so their defense has been very, very solid this tournament, so it's offense versus defense, essentially, in this game. Notre Dame played a really, really close game against Michigan, um, winning 4-3, to so going into this game, I think they're going to be a little tattered, a little injured, I think, so I think that when Minnesota Duluth this is the perfect time for them to pounce, and I think they'll win big in this game against Notre Dame.
1: I agree, Dylan. I mean, like I said, they made it the final, they lost, and I think this year making it back. I think, and it's at home; it's a home game because they're Minnesota. They need redemption, so I think they're going to redeem themselves and they're going to bring it home. Speaking of Minnesota, their pro hockey team, the Minnesota Wild, they lost their star defenseman Ryan Sutter, who I'm sure is close to your Preds heart. Maybe not so much when you got rid of him, uh. but. Uh, he got injured, so he's going to be out for the rest of the season. It's a huge loss for the Minnesota Wild, Dylan, because the Wild, they're they're going to make the playoffs, and then they're going to play the the Winnipeg Jets in the first round against Patrick Lanane, man. Wow. Minnesota, are they going to finally get past the first round, do you think? Or you think Winnipeg Jets are just going to
0: beat them? I think Winnipeg's going to lay it to I them. I really think so. I mean, Ryan Suter was the best chance they had to – to potentially win against the Winnipeg Jets but now that Ryan Suter is out now um, that was their number one defenseman he, he is the rock of the Minnesota defense and so without him on the ice without him providing um, scoring depth and also just that blue line presence that he brings to the ice every game it's going to be really tough for them to keep up with Winnipeg I see Winnipeg winning in five games in that series it's going to be a very very quick series for Winnipeg to win even though it's divisional rivals. I mean, Minnesota and Winnipeg, they have a good rivalry. But, again, Winnipeg is just... Their scoring depth is scary. And I'm so glad we're not playing playing them the first round. Because that would be very, very bad for us. But... Uh, but hey, you
1: will in the next round.
0: We will in the next round, Minnesota. Assuming
1: you get past Colorado, at least that's a team that looks like you're going to play in the first round.
0: As of right now, yes, and I feel very, very confident in winning against Colorado, especially since we have home ice throughout the playoffs this year. Um, that's very, very good for us, and it bodes well for us in the um, in the win compartment.
1: Well, Dylan, speaking of championships, they're uh, in Vancouver, in Canada, the Sedin Twins are going to call it a career at the end of this season. So, Dylan, what is your favorite memory of the Sydney Twins If you have? Remember Vancouver? I think they had a rivalry with Nashville. A little they bit did. The they knocked us out of the playoffs.
0: They knocked us out of the playoffs in 2000. I'm trying to think of what year that was. I think I was still actually in high school. So that was probably 2009, maybe, 2010, something like that. Um, heated rivalry against the Vancouver Canucks. and
1: Daniel and Henrik Sedin, yeah, man. Yeah, they, 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 they're... They're also rounds with the Blackhawks. Those two teams hate each other.
0: Yeah, they're, they're fantastic players. They, they definitely were the... The Rock, when it comes to uh, players on the Vancouver Canucks, they were the players to...
1: Especially on that 2011 Stanley Cup run team, that when they made the final and lost to Boston.
0: That might have been the year that we actually got knocked out by Vancouver, was 2011. Uh, but yeah, it, Vancouver is a very, very good team, and they're going to be sorely missed by that organization when they retire this year. Um, they played their last home game last night. Yeah, and
1: uh, I think, was it or Maybe it was Henry. One of, the, one of them scored the game-winning goal. One of the Twins scored the game-winning against goal. Against Arizona last night for them to win. So, that was amazing. But, well, the Caps we don't have much beef with Vancouver. But the Sedin Twins, they're definitely missed, like you mentioned, in Vancouver. They've been with Vancouver for a long time in their careers. And Vancouver's going for rebuilding mode, Dylan. They're not going to be a championship team for a while. So, for them, they probably didn't feel comfortable going to another team. And they said, you know what? We've been here long enough. Let's retire and go back home to Sweden. And... You know, just have fun back home. So, who knows? I'm not sure they're going to stay in hockey with a team back home in Sweden or just go do things the rest of their life. But I definitely wish the Sedin twins well.
0: Yeah, I do too. Um, So, let's move on to some playoff talk. So, the the brackets are kind of shaking out now to where we kind of see a picture of what's going to happen in the playoffs, in the first round especially. So, as of right now, where it stands, in the Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay would be playing the Philadelphia Flyers the Boston uh, Bruins will be playing Toronto Maple Leafs Washington will play New Jersey and Pittsburgh will be playing Columbus but on the western side Nashville will be playing wild card number two Colorado then we have Winnipeg playing against Minnesota we have Vegas playing against Anaheim and San Jose playing against Los Angeles so which series are you looking forward to the most in this playoff this year if it stays this way
1: well I think the games we're going to look forward to obviously is LA-San Jose I think it's going to be a very entertaining series Battle of California between those two cities right there of course in the Easter Conference Philadelphia against Tampa Bay I'm sure Jake is probably hoping that will happen because then he can go down to Tampa to go see the fair team the Flyers play Yeah, yeah. so I think that would be a, a really good series Tampa Bay with Steven Stamkos, he hasn't played but he's going to be in for the playoffs for sure so that's going to be interesting, of course my Caps, Devils Scott Dressler, me and him talking trash on Twitter. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the Devils are going to scare because they're a very defensive team, Dylan. We, they don't give a lot of goals. Corey Schneider, I'm worried he might get in a hot streak. And Taylor Hall, he's been carrying that team. And Henrique for the Devils. So it's going to be very interesting with the Devils and Caps. Uh, Toronto, they got a good series as well. That could be interesting. And, of course, Pittsburgh-Columbus. I mean, I know Pittsburgh might beat them in five, six games, but Columbus has been the hottest team. So... And so they lost the Penguins last night. So we'll see, Dylan. It's a lot of good games, but we'll see. I'm very excited for the Stanley Cup playoffs to begin. Unfortunately, we're not going to have King Henrik for the New York Rangers. They will not be there. Nope. You will not have the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm sure you're happy about that. I'm very happy about that, yes. And we will have no Connor McDavid. He was the star in the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. This year, Edmonton, not so much.
0: He's been the star, the the offensive star for the second half of the season this year. He's actually been p- producing a lot this season and producing very well for his team. However, they just came up short for the playoffs this year. Eastern Conference-wise, I'm looking at Boston versus Toronto. I think that's going to be a great series. Toronto's a very young team. Original six. Very livery. talented team, exactly. Um, Austin Matthews, Nylander, I think that's going to be a really good team. A good matchup for Boston. Boston is just a powerhouse when it comes to offense. We watched the game last night against Florida Panthers, and they were buzzing at the very end of that game. I'm very, very surprised that the Florida Panthers came out with the win that that game. Um, Luongo had a very, very solid game last night against the Boston Bruins because they were throwing everything at him. Um, and he just kept stopping everything. So fantastic game by Luongo last night. And thank you for helping us win the president's trophy. Um, and then in the Western Conference, I'm really looking, of course, I'm looking at Nashville and Colorado. I want Nashville to move forward. And I think they will against Colorado. But Vegas versus Anaheim.
1: Oh, yeah, We get to
0: see what happens with Vegas in the, in the playoffs. It's the first year they'll hit the playoffs. And, you know, with that team, I have a feeling that their playoff experience is not enough. I don't think it is. And the Ducks
1: are a very playoff-experienced team. And the Ducks are
0: a very, very chippy team. They're a very, very aggressive team. Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, just that team is very dominant on the ice when it comes to playoff time. So I have a feeling that Vegas will not be able to hold up against um, the Anaheim Ducks this season. But it's going to be a really interesting series to watch. If Vegas can come out of that series, out of the first round, I will have more respect for that team than I do right now. I, I think that Vegas, they coasted through the season. They they didn't do so well in the second half of the season this year, but if they come into the playoffs and they win the first round, I'll be very surprised, and I would see them as a dark horse to make it to the Western Conference final against the Nashville Predators. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens with with Vegas. I think they're a very strong contender if they beat the Anaheim Ducks in the first round. But even then, the Ducks are going to wear them down a lot, like they did with the Nashville Predators last year, and it's just going to be a very, very tough series for them if they play against Anaheim. So, that's going to be a rude awakening for the Vegas Golden Knights in their first year in the playoffs.
1: Here to hear first upset Stanley Cup playoffs game one, or round one, Ducks over the Golden Knights. All right, Dylan. Well, let's speak of a possible Stanley Cup preview. At least that's what me and you are personally hoping for hoping for yes the Preds and the Caps they played last night and it was a very good game and Craig Smith man he just killed us last night with those two goals and it was pretty good the Preds were up uh two to one Evgeny Kuznetsov he got a goal two goals actually and then Ovechkin with that one timer wow I'm even though where were the Preds at I was like You cannot leave Ovechkin by himself, wide open.
0: And the thing is, it's but we also know you know where he's going to go. he's going to that circle. He's going to stand there on the left hand side, wait for the puck, and slap it home. Mm -hmm. That's what he does every single game. So why can't you not stop him, (laughs) cover him, or something? Jeez, man, come on! It's funny because watching that game last night, though, and remembering my time in D.C. earlier this year, earlier in the season, watching watching Ovechkin on the ice. So different, so different. Earlier in the season, Ovechkin was just, eh, he was kind of there, just kind of standing in his spot, waiting for the puck, (laughs) not really moving around much. Last night, though, he was skating and he was skating well. He was hustling. You can tell he's done very well with resting this season. He he's not as weary as he was last season. And going into that Pittsburgh Penguins series they had last year. He was tired. He was tired. And I I think that this year he's going to be much more alert, much more aggressive, much more physical. Um, And I, I think he'll have the juice to do it this season to hopefully get to the Western hopefully get to the Eastern Conference Final and potentially the Stanley Cup. But because you guys don't have the president's trophy, the curse has been lifted from the Capitals and given to the Nashville Predators, blah, 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 whatever they say. (laughs) I still don't think there's a curse. Like I said, 29% of teams in the past 19 years have actually won the Stanley Cup after winning the president's trophy. So the Nashville Predators, if anyone can do it, the Preds can do it.
1: Well, like I said, the Preds, they looked pretty good against us last night. Ryan Johansson and Roman Yossi. Even your backup goalie, UC Soros.
0: UC Soros, baby. He made
1: 32, Um, I'm sorry, 32, 29 saves in that game. So he was pretty good. And we had Philip Grubauer, our other backup, behind Holtby in that. And he didn't do bad either. So we'll see, Dylan. Hopefully our two teams can make it to the snag-up final. It'll be so, fun. So looking at your goaltenders. you can make a road trip. DC we could. Nashville.
0: We could. So looking at your goaltenders, you have Grubauer and you also have Holtby. Who do you think will start in the first round?
1: Oh, it's definitely me, Holby, Dylan. You sure? I'm pretty sure it'll be Holby. Because Grubauer now, has had the hot hand. I know, but if Holby struggles in the first round, let's say we're down like 2-0 in the series against the Devils, then I see Grubauer coming in because Barry Trotz knows he's on the hot seat. He knows if we get knocked out the first, second round again, he's out the door. That's the only bad so. thing, though.
0: You you think about it. You you gave Holby the chance last season. Grubauer comes in late late part of the season this year he's been playing very very well he's been the hot hand like I said so do you think you give him the chance I mean in my opinion I would give him the chance to start the series to see where he goes because hey Holtby's already had the chance and last year the the past two years Holtby has not been able to do it for the team he hasn't been able to go over the edge for the team But Grubauer, on the other hand, looks like he might be able to. If I were Barry Trotz, I might actually give Grubauer the start in the first game just to see how he does. Just to test it out. If it's one game and he loses terribly, guess what? You can pull him and give Holtby a try. But Holtby's already had his chance. I think that Grubauer could be the goalie to take you guys to the Eastern Conference Final and get you past the hump that you guys have... Hit the past two seasons.
1: Well, like I said, Dylan, it all depends because Grubauer, he's only played 35 games this season. He's 15, 10, 15 wins, 10 losses. And his average is 2.35. So not bad. He's done well. He had a wow. I think he won like 6, 7, 8 games in a row, something like that. 8 out of 10 games. So he's done well. I just, if I'm the Barry Trotz, you go with Hopi. He's the man. He's got the experience. He's the what got you here. And if he struggles, and Grubauer, let's say he struggles, and then Grubauer gets out the first round against the Devils. Then you stick with Grubauer, even if we're playing Pittsburgh, you stick with Grubauer because that's basically what the Penguins did. Murray went down, you go with Flurry, and he haunts us. At least I don't have to worry about him anymore either. So True, that's what you, that's the only way I can see the Capitals do it. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll
0: see. It'll be interesting. We'll know by
1: next week for sure. <laughs> we
0: will by next Wednesday when the playoffs start. We will know who the starting goaltender will be for the Washington Capitals. Now, talking about the Nashville Predators, they did a very good job last night against the Washington Capitals, a very, very good team in the Eastern Conference, potentially a Stanley Cup final preview there for fans watching last night. So, you look and see what happened in that game compared to the game against the Florida Panthers. There was more... Um, presence near the crease against the goaltender, near the goaltender. So, Victor Arverson was getting in the dirty spots. Craig Smith was getting up there, too. There was more activity around the net, which is a very, very good thing for our team. Penalty-wise, we were okay last night. That's one thing that's haunted us this entire season. People say, you know what? Well, they're they're still winning games, blah, 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 blah. But it's the playoffs, though. That's one thing they will have to fix during the playoffs, is their penalties. Because we're... The, uh, one of the highest penalized teams in the league this season. So if they want to, if they want to actually win the Stanley Cup this year, they need to take care of their penalties. If they do that, I think they'll be fine. But it looks like everyone's producing too. Everyone is contributing to these wins we have, and we have a different star every single game. Like last night, Craig Smith. The night before that, Philip Forsberg potentially, and then they waved off that goal that would have tied the game to send it to overtime on a very, very controversial goaltender interference call, which it shouldn't have been goaltender interference. It was a, a good goal. If you watch it back, you see that the the Florida Panthers player is pushing Victor Arverton's stick into the glove of Luongo. Luongo did not have control of the puck. It was underneath his right pad and it slid underneath him and went into the goal. And Philip Forsberg just pocketed the goal. It was a beautiful play. However, again, Toronto calling down, saying, you know what? We're going to take a look at that because we want this storyline to continue of Florida Panthers being the Cinderella story of the NHL this year, because guess what the day after that call happened, there was a tweet that came out from NHL talking about a documentary documenting the Florida Panthers trip to the playoffs this year. So that's a real, that's really skeptical. I'm very skeptical of what happened in that game. I'm very skeptical that Toronto actually called down after Luongo did not get upset about the goal at all. He knew he let that goal go. He wasn't standing up saying, hey ref, where's my goaltender interference? He wasn't saying any of that. But of course, Toronto had to call down. Unfortunately for us, we actually won the next game and still won the President's Trophy. We're fine. We got the Central. We got the Western Conference. We're good. But if that play would have cost us the President's Trophy, I would have been very upset during this podcast. And last night could have been the swaying uh, decider, I guess. Um, If the Boston Bruins actually won against the Florida Panthers last night, it looked like that the Predators were going to be in deep doo-doo if we didn't um, have the Boston Bruins lose last night. So anyway, um, fantastic game last night. I think if we continue this, continue the pace that we're that we're going right now. And Pecorine is getting some getting some rest right now, too. We're having UC Saros, like you said, coming in in relief of Pecorine. And UC's been playing very, very well, getting some good ice time for the future. I, I think that not next year, but maybe two years, three years from now, UC Saros will be the starting goaltender for the National Predators. So he needs some more ice time. He's getting that ice time against quality opponents. And I think that it's boding well for the Nashville Predators. So if Pacquarini goes down in the playoffs, no need to fear. UC Saros is here. And we'll see what happens.
1: All right, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Soliloquy. Just monologue. Get that hot take out Uh, there. (laughs) I'm
0: telling you, just the hot takes tonight. Jeez. Oh, man. (laughs) So it is time for JT's favorite segment of the week it is the football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours.
1: Thanks, Dylan. And as always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. Now, normally for my weekend recap, I usually recap a bunch of games, but I got to recap about this one game that the whole world apparently was watching. It's El Trafico, or really, I like to call it the LA Derby. But it's between LAFC and the LA Galaxy. As everyone was celebrating, welcome to Slotson. So, LAFC started this game up with a 3-0 lead And it was one way traffic, Dylan. Carlos Vela got two goals, and then LA Galaxy gave him an own goal. And you're thinking, oh, man, LA Galaxy can get the doors blocked in their own building at the Stub Hub Center. Then, in the 61st minute, Sebastian LeJet gets a goal. Good for him because he was injured last year, missed most of the season, coming back. So he gets a goal. And then the fans start chanting, We want slots on. We want slots (laughs) on. So later on, Coach Ziggy Schmidt puts him in the game. And Dylan, your boy Slots Ibrahimovic. He does this. Tomorrow throwing his body in, it's gonna fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Take the bow! Sensational! Did you think he was gonna live up to the billing? Of course he did! Out of this world! Every supervisor you want. What a way to announce yourself to Major League Soccer! Wow, that was slots on with a 40-yard volley, and this was after Chris Pontius scored the goal in the 72nd minute, and Ibrahimovic, he was very effective, even though he played like 22 minutes, like 19 minutes to 22 minutes in the game, and then he scored the game winner late and stoppage time to give the LA Galaxy a fourth-inning win, they came back from 3-0 down, Dylan, to win the game 4-3, here is Slaton talking to the media after the game. Uh, if you look back, every team I came to, first official game, I scored.
0: So, uh, and I said I will not let it down today. I will score also today, and uh, I was just waiting to come in because when you lose 3-0, the adrenaline is pumping even more because you want to you wanna be be able to do something, help the team, help, especially when it's... When they're in a difficult situation and I just wanted to come in and then
1: the fans were demanding something and and I gave them slot. Wow, talk about a way to enter your, in your debut, right? Wow. All right, guys, let's focus here on Central Florida with Orlando City because Orlando City, Dylan, they got the first win coming back to beat the New York Red Bulls 4-3 to at home. It's the first win for Orlando City. We got Portland coming up this weekend. As for Orlando Pride, the Orlando Pride, Dylan, they lost to the Washington Spirit 2-0. The Orlando Pride are off this weekend. Alright, Dylan, on to some soccer news. So for soccer news for the US Open Cup, they are making changes. So we're gonna have a playing around with the Cosmos, Miami FC two, and Jacksonville Armada. They're gonna play in the play around starting May 6th. And then we have the first round beginning May 9th so that's going pretty cool. They're going to put more money in geographically, and they're going to have teams kind of get even reimbursements for each round they go. So that's pretty cool. Dylan, your boys, Nashville SC, they also made history this past weekend as they got their first win on the road against the Bethlehem Steel. Mm-hmm. Michael Cox, he scored the first goal for Nashville SC's history. So congrats to them, Nashville SC. Dylan, we'll see how they do This season, they play Charlotte tomorrow, uh, the Charlotte Independents. All right, Dylan, some games to watch this week. There's only one game that you guys really should watch this weekend, guys. It is the Manchester Derby between Manchester City and Manchester United. That is going to be early tomorrow morning. Well, not really that early, but it's going to be at 1230 Eastern Time on NBC SN and that will conclude dealing my football recap of the week.
0: Now on to miscellaneous news. Conor McGregor is in trouble. He actually got arrested this week for attacking a bus outside of a UFC event yeah, Several people were injured. Apparently, there were some conspiracy theorists saying that he was making an a announcement pretty much saying he would be coming to WWE somehow. I'm not really sure why uh, because of Ronda Rousey's attachment to the WWE nowadays. So we'll see if something comes of that in um, the coming days. And then also, Tiger Woods is getting some hype for the Masters. He is actually the favorite from Vegas. Coming into the tournament, he was the favorite to win the Masters this season.
1: So... Do you think Tiger has what it takes? Well, he made the cut today, Dylan, so we'll see how he does. I would like to see how he's going to make it to these next two rounds. I don't think he's going to win it, Dylan, but he's definitely getting confidence. And we still got three more majors to go this season, so he may not do well, but maybe he might do well at the British Open or the U.S. Open at the end of the year. So we'll see. Well, good luck to Tiger. So let's move on to our winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first, sir. All right, Dylan. So my winner this week is Enrique Ogumawale, as she hit two game winners against UConn and Mississippi State to win. Here's Adam Amin with the call. For a trip to the national championship.
0: Ogun Good! Ah!
1: One second remaining. No timeouts for UConn. Williams down the floor. Samuelson. Notre Dame with the win. Off to the title game. Wale for the win. Good! A weekday wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Adam Amin on ESPN with the call there. So she's my winner this week. My loser this week is the men's final four. Because even though Loyola Chicago made a great run, the final four of the championship getting didn't get a big rating on on Turner sports and the men's final four was a blowout. So the women's are the winner and the men's is a loser. Dylan, who you got?
0: My winner this week is Bailey Meeks from Smashville. She actually sent some catfish, actually two of them to the NHL headquarters this week because of the call against the Florida Panthers. She overnighted the package to the Toronto office and an executive from the NHL actually called her, And laughed about the package and said it was probably the best thing they had seen all day today. And they thanked them for the package. And uh, inside the container, she lifted up the the lid and it said, you suck, written inside, which is fantastic. The Nashville interim mayor actually came to her salon, gave her money for the... Actually gave her money a check from his personal account to pay for the overnight shipping and also the cost of materials to send it to the NHL office which is fantastic. Also, she got free tickets to the first round game one um, of Nashville's playoff run this year, so it's fantastic for her. And my loser this week is going to have to be Joel Embiid trying to get with Rihanna, trying to holla at her on Twitter. The tweet that he sent out to her read, Babe, are you single or nah at Rihanna? She didn't respond. So that's my loser for the week. So let's uh, move on to some final thoughts. JT...
1: Well then my final thought is just wishing the scene Bro- brothers uh farewell in their last game coming up this weekend and happy retirement, guys.
0: Yeah. Well thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Follow us on Twitter at OOB Podcast, on Facebook, out of bounds with Dylan James, and you can email us Dylan at Bounds or JT at out for any comments, concerns, whatever you want to do, more than welcome to email us. This is Out of Bounds, and we'll see you next week. 7 Sports talk wblz sports we've got balls
1: i'm steven jodderan from uncle sam's soccer podcast hi i'm armon kafai be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in american soccer Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it.
0: Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bonded, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with twenty five years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over thirty years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ug? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361.
1: We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys in South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum,
0: no bullshit. We don't have credit cards with the day. We're not hanging out with Pharrell Mafia.
1: Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Annie.
0: I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me
1: the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going
0: to get me the oh, ball? i get the ball, oh, Every BLZ sports. I hope you didn't kill somebody.